Chapter Seven of the May Flower and Miscellaneous Writings by Harriet Beecher Stowe. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Read by Michelle Fry, Baton Rouge, Louisiana. The May Flower and Miscellaneous Writings by Harriet Beecher Stowe. Chapter Four Trials of a Housekeeper i have a detail of very homely grievances to present but such as they are many a heart will feel them to be heavy the trials of a housekeeper pooh says one of the lords of creation taking his cigar out of his mouth and twirling it between his two first fingers what a fuss these women do make of this simple matter of managing a family i can't see for the life as there is anything so extraordinary to be done in this matter of housekeeping only three meals a day to be got and cleared off and it really seems to take up the whole of their mind from morning till night i could keep house without so much of a flurry i know now prithee good brother listen to my story and see how much you know about it i came to this enlightened west about a year since and was duly established in a comfortable country residence within a mile and a half of the city and there commenced the enjoyment of domestic felicity i had been married about three months and had been previously in love in the most approved romantic way with all the proprieties of moonlight walks serenades sentimental billets doux and everlasting attachment after having been allowed as i said about three months to get over this sort of thing and to prepare for realities i was located for life as aforesaid my family consisted of myself and husband a female friend as a visitor and two brothers of my good man who were engaged with him in business i pass over the two or three first days spent in that process of hammering boxes breaking crockery knocking things down and picking them up again which is commonly called getting to housekeeping as usual carpets were sewed and stretched laid down and then taken up to be sewed over things were formed and reformed transformed and conformed till at last a settled order began to appear but now came up the great point of all during our confusion we had cooked and eaten our meals in a very miscellaneous and pastoral manner eating now from the top of a barrel and now from a fireboard laid on two chairs and drinking some from teacups and some from saucers and some from tumblers and some from a pitcher big enough to be drowned in and sleeping some on sofas and some on straggling beds and mattresses thrown down here and there wherever there was room all these pleasant barbarities were now at an end the house was in order the dishes put up in their places three regular meals were to be administered in one day all in an orderly civilized form beds were to be made rooms swept and dusted dishes washed knives scoured and all the etc to be attended to now for getting help as mrs trollope says and where and how were we to get it we knew very few persons in the city and how were we to accomplish the matter at length the house of employment was mentioned and my husband was dispatched thither regularly every day for a week while i in the meantime was very nearly dispatched by the abundance of work at home at length one evening as i was sitting completely exhausted thinking of resorting to the last feminine expedient for supporting life viz a good fit of crying my husband made his appearance with a most triumphant air at the door there margaret i have got you a couple at last cook and chambermaid 
so saying he flourished open the door and gave to my view the picture of a little dry snuffy-looking old woman and a great staring dutch girl in a green bonnet with red ribbons with wide mouth open and hands and feet that would have made a greek sculptor open his mouth too i addressed forthwith a few words of encouragement to each of this cultivated-looking couple and proceeded to ask their names and forthwith the old woman began to snuffle and to wipe her face with what was left of an old silk pocket-handkerchief preparatory to speaking while the young lady opened her mouth wider and looked around with a frightened air as if meditating an escape after some preliminaries however i found out that my old woman was mrs tibbins and my hebby's name was cotterin also that she knew much more dutch than english and not any too much of either the old lady was the cook i ventured a few inquiries has she ever cooked yes ma'am sartin she had lived at two or three places in the city i suspect my dear said my husband confidently that she is an experienced cook and so your troubles are over and he went to reading his newspaper i said no more but determined to wait till morning the breakfast to be sure did not do much honour to the talents of my official but it was the first time and the place was new to her after breakfast was cleared away i proceeded to give directions for dinner it was merely a plain joint of meat i said to be roasted in the tin oven the experienced cook looked at me with a stare of entire vacuity the tin oven i repeated stands there pointing to it she walked up to it and touched it with such an appearance of suspicion as if it had been an electrical battery and then looked round at me with a look of such helpless ignorance that my soul was moved i never seen one of dem tanks before said she never saw a tin oven i exclaimed i thought you said you had cooked in two or three families they does not have such things in them though rejoined my old lady nothing was to be done of course but to instruct her in the philosophy of the case and having split the joint and given numberless directions i walked off to my room to superintend the operations of cotterin to whom i had committed the making of my bed and the sweeping of my room it never having come into my head that there could be a wrong way of making a bed and to this day it is a marvel to me how any one could arrange pillows and quilts to make such a nondescript appearance as mine now presented one glance showed me that catherine also was just caught and that i had as much to do in her department as in that of my old lady just then the doorbell rang oh there is the doorbell i exclaimed run cotterin and show them into the parlor cotterin started to run as directed and then stopped and stood looking round on all the doors and on me with a woefully puzzled air the street door said i pointing toward the entry cotterin blundered into the entry and stood gazing with a look of stupid wonder at the bell ringing without hands while i went to the door and let in the company before she could be fairly made to understand the connection between the ringing and the phenomenon of admission as dinner-time approached i sent word into my kitchen to have it set on but recollecting the state of the heads of department there i soon followed my own orders i found the tin oven standing out in the middle of the kitchen and my cook seated a la turk in front of it contemplating the roast meat with full as puzzled an air as in the morning i once more explained the mystery of taking it off and assisted her to get it on to a platter though somewhat cooled by having been so long set out for inspection 
i was standing holding the spit in my hands when cotterin who had heard the doorbell ring and was determined this time to be in season ran into the hall and soon returning opened the kitchen door and politely ushered in three or four fashionable-looking ladies exclaiming here she is as these were strangers from the city who had come to make their first call this introduction was far from proving an eligible one the look of thunderstruck astonishment with which i greeted their first appearance as i stood brandishing the spit and the terrified snuffling and staring of poor mrs tibbins who again had recourse to her old pocket-handkerchief almost entirely vanquished their gravity and it was evident that they were on the point of a broad laugh so recovering my self-possession i apologized and led the way to the parlor let these few incidents be a specimen of the four mortal weeks that i spent with these helps during which time i did almost as much work with twice as much anxiety as when there was nobody there and yet everything went wrong besides the young gentlemen complained of the patches of starch grimed to their collars and the streaks of black coal ironed into their dickies while one week every pocket-handkerchief in the house was starched so stiff you might as well have carried an earthen plate in your pocket the tumblers looked muddy the plates were never washed clean or wiped dry unless i attended to each one and as to eating and drinking we experienced a variety that we had not before considered possible at length the old woman vanished from the stage and was succeeded by a knowing active capable damsel with a temper like a steel trap who remained with me just one week and then went off in a fit of spite to her succeeded a rosy good-natured merry lass who broke the crockery burned the dinner tore the clothes in ironing and knocked down everything that stood in her way about the house without at all discomposing herself about the matter one night she took the stopper from a barrel of molasses and came singing off upstairs while the molasses ran soberly out into the cellar bottom all night till by morning it was in a state of universal emancipation having done this and also dispatched an entire set of tea-things by letting the waiter fall she one day made her disappearance then for a wonder there fell to my lot a tidy efficient trained english girl pretty and genteel and neat and knowing how to do everything and with the sweetest temper in the world now said i to myself i shall rest from my labors everything about the house began to go right and looked as clean and genteel as mary's own pretty self but alas this period of repose was interrupted by the vision of a clever trim-looking young man who for some weeks could be heard scraping his boots at the kitchen door every sunday night and at last miss mary with some smiling and blushing gave me to understand that she must leave in two weeks why mary said i feeling a little mischievous don't you like the place oh yes ma'am then why do you look after another i am not going to another place what mary are you going to learn a trade no ma'am why then what do you mean to do i expect to keep house myself ma'am she said laughing and blushing oh ho said i that is it and so in two weeks i lost the best little girl in the world peace to her memory after this came an interregnum which put me in mind of the chapter in chronicles that i used to read with great delight when a child where basha and elah and tibni and zimri and omri one after the other came on to the throne of israel all in the compass of a half dozen verses 
we had one old woman who stayed a week and went away with the misery in her tooth one young woman who ran away and got married one cook who came at night and went off before light in the morning one very clever girl who stayed a month and then went away because her mother was sick another who stayed six weeks and was taken with the fever herself and during all this time who can speak the damage and destruction wrought in the domestic paraphernalia by passing through these multiplied hands what shall we do shall we give up houses have no furniture to take care of keep merely a bag of meal a porridge pot and a pudding stick and sit in our tent door in real patriarchal independence what shall we do this ends chapter four the trials of a housekeeper